Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really, really a big pleasure because I have the big opportunity to discuss again with Annette Franz. But before we discuss about the books, the latest book that she published, it's really an outstanding book. Let's really start learning something about Annette. She's recovering from, from COVID. And therefore, first of all, I Annette, how are you? I am good. Thank you. I like, you know, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but we're back in business and uh, we're, we're all feeling good again. So thank you. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation. It's really outstanding to have six thought leaders like you accepting to join podcasts to discuss about customer experience, experience and spreading the, the word of mouth. And therefore, thank you very much. Tonight, we would like to discuss about your latest book. I have it, <laughs> Built to Win. And, uh, and that's really a, a great book full of insights and really packed uh, with a lot of uh, really interesting insight and tangible uh, things that we can do throughout our customer experience transformation. This is the topic for tonight. But first of all, Annette, could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Well, again, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that you have this vehicle where we can talk about all things customer experience and employee experience and, and uh, just really help to, you know, get the word out about about all the things that need to be done, right? But um, I have been in this customer experience space since this is my 30th year, 1992. I started at JD Power and Associates and have spent over the last 30 years um, time both on the vendor side, running consulting services organizations, and then on the client side, working on customer experience strategy within uh, organizations. And then about five years ago, I left the corporate world, at least somebody else's corporate world, and, and started my own. And uh, for the last five plus years, I've been, you know, consulting and, and coaching and, and doing all of that. So, you know, doing all the things that I love. So I'm really enjoying this. And th even 30 years later, I still love doing this work. But if I'm good at maths, it means you started working when you were two years old. Is yes. it allowed? <laughs> yes, my story is always that I started when I was four. So, <laughs> so thank you. I'll take two as well. <laughs> No, no, no problem at all. But we, we really appreciate you having in the, in the six community sharing all your knowledge. And um, I think one interesting thing is also to learn a bit more about you is which values drive you in life. Oh goodness, I, there's there's so many. Um, I think probably the biggest one for me is health and fitness. That's a, a one that's really important is to do whatever I need to do to stay healthy and, and stay fit. Uh, loyalty. I'm a, I'm a very loyal person, so I I really thrive on that uh, on that value um, and live it absolutely. Um, respect. Gratitude. I try to practice gratitude every day and be thankful for everything that I have and everyone around me. Um, positivity. I think that's another good one. I think a lot of people have always said, Annette, you're, you're always so positive. You're always so happy. And, and, you know, yeah, even during the bad times, I try to see the good things. So, so those are, probably, those are some of them. I'm, I'm sure I have more, but those are the ones that are sort of top of mind. 
Sure. Thank you very much. And you said during the bad times, you try to, to look at the good side. And with your first book, you wrote a letter to a um, CEO and perhaps not everybody understood that. And therefore you decided to write them again with yes. Build to Win. And um, <laughs> this is really a great book. And thank you very much which, to, which, uh, by sharing this, this, this book together with, with us. Um, Where does the need for a new book come from? Because it's really full-packed. We discussed that. Uh, was there the right point in time after COVID? Where, how did you come to this idea? Well, you know, I think, I think there are a couple of different things. I think one of them is that I don't think people really understand what it means to be customer-centric. And I don't also have found that culture is just such a... People just think culture is such a fluffy thing and it doesn't have any impact on the business and it and it can shift and change and, and be whatever it needs to be or wants to be in the moment. And that's just not right. And so I wrote this to really help people understand what it means to be customer centric. And then also obviously the importance of, you know, culture being the foundation of the organization. You know, there's that saying out there, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And it's, it's so true. You know, if you don't have that, solid foundation to the business. The rest of it is a lot more challenging than it needs to be. And so, so I wrote this book to inspire leaders really to think differently about culture and about being customer centric. Thank you very much. And you wrote 10 principles. I am reading them, building a, win a winning organization rooted in 10 foundational principles that ensure you drive value for customer and for the business. This is really a great, great vision and, and purpose of, of this book. Um, how did you came to summarize everything in 10 different principles? I know, right? <laughs> well, it's interestingly enough, I actually started out with eight. Um, and I had been, I had been doing presentations and writing about and talking about eight principles and, um, and hadn't really gotten to 10 yet. Although I, in some way, shape or form had always talked about the other two as well. And so, you know, there may be more, there may be more than the 10 that I wrote about, but I felt like those were really the, the strongest pieces of the foundation, the strongest pieces principles or the strongest disciplines that had to be in place in order for an organization to be to be customer centric and what i really like and enjoy is the structure it's a simple simple structure you have 10 pillars 10 principles and you can start working on 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 them and you can also see how they are interlinked and connected uh, among themselves. And, and that's a great point because a lot of people ask me, well, which one, which one should I do or which one should I start with? And I say, they're really all 10 to your point. They're all linked. Right. And so they all, they really do all go together, but you need to do all of them. It's <laughs> clear. And as you are stating with other words in the book, you cannot be truly customer centric if you are not employee centric. And okay. if you don't have a governance, you cannot create a culture because at the end, somebody needs to take decisions. Uh, yes. And therefore it's, 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 it's really extremely interesting. And yeah. we, we pre-discussed also that I would like to structure the discussion a bit in a different way because you were on all different podcasts you presented the, the 10 principle several times and therefore i said let's transform it in bit in a game and ask different questions yeah coming i love back, it uh, coming back to this to this principles and therefore i i kick off which principle did you enjoy writing the most <laughs> that's like asking me which one is my favorite child right <laughs> but at the end you have one perhaps <laughs> 
tell them and <laughs> don't tell them. <laughs> um, I would say probably if I had to pick one, it would be um, outside in thinking and doing versus inside out thinking and doing. And I think, you know, most people talk about most people talk about well a couple couple different reasons why that one was probably um, the one I enjoyed writing most. Um, most people talk about outside in thinking, but they don't talk about the doing. We have to we can't just think that's not going to solve the problem, right? So we actually have to do. So that's really important. And you know, just outlining the differences and what the what a business looks like when we're when we're outside in thinking and doing versus inside out. Um, a lot of companies, the example that I'd love to use is, um, a client that I met with a couple of years ago, and we were all sitting around a table and we were just getting ready to talk about uh, upcoming journey mapping workshops. And we were talking about the customers and the personas. And I said, well, who are your customers? And they kept saying, we think, I think our customers, we think our customers. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Every time you say, I think, or we think our customers, put a dollar in the jar on the table there because what we're doing right now is we're doing inside out thinking. We're, we think we know who our customers are, but we actually haven't done the work to really know who our customers are. So the difference between inside out in a very simplistic way, the difference between inside out and outside in is an inside out. We say, I think the customer. And when we're outside in, we say, I know the customer because we've done the work and we've brought the customer voice into um, everything that we do. So that's that, that was a fun one for me to write. I like writing that one. And I really like how you're explaining that because you start with, I think, and you you say, we need also to do stuff. And yeah. for me, the, the thing that I always mention is a customer journey always look ext extremely good on paper. If you, if you have it on PowerPoint in your steering committee, it's the perfect customer journey. But the big point is then the customers start going through the customer journey. And yes. He or she is facing the first the first issues, and, and therefore it's it's totally makes sense to truly really understand understand exactly. the customers. Yeah, yeah. Um, going to the next question again, right. a super simple question <laughs> for you: Which principle is the most undervaluated? I think the most undervalued one is the second one, which is about leadership commitment and alignment. Um, I think the and the reason that I say that is I've. First of all, I've talked to plenty of leaders who don't, like I said, the book was written to inspire leaders to think differently, um, who don't understand the concept of customer centricity, who don't understand, or there have been plenty of tables that I've sat around, leadership tables that I've sat around where we've talked about the impact or the importance of uh, the employee experience to the customer experience and them looking at me and saying, oh, I never even thought about that, you know, those kinds of things. And so really helping the leadership team understand why this is important and getting their commitment across the board, right? Every leader has to be, so that's why it's commitment and alignment because every leader has to be on board. If we don't have every leader across every department, across every business unit on board, then when the customer goes to interact with the brand, they have different experiences with different departments or different business units. And it feels like five different brands after interacting with five different departments. And so that's really important. So we need leadership commitment to, um, the resources that we need to do the work, whether it's time, human, financial, capital, whatever resources we need to do the work that we need to do. And then we also need the commit their commitment to the success of what we're about to undertake. And so, and I focus really heavily on commitment and the difference between commitment and buy-in, right? The buy-in is just, yeah, 
that sounds great. I'll, you know, do what you got to do kind of thing. Whereas commitment is I'm putting everything on the line and I'm giving you what you need, my support, my resource, you know, the resources and everything we need as an organization to get this done. And so I think that's a, that's a really important thing. And again, the alignment is really important because alignment is a choice across the leadership team. Alignment is a choice. We need everybody to be heard pros and cons and everybody get their get everybody from the leadership team get their voice heard and then come out of that meeting come out of that decision with everybody is in support everybody has decided that this is what we're going to do and so there's no meeting after the meeting there's no bad mouthing the decisions that were made we leave the meeting we leave the you know making of that decision to move forward with with the work to improve the experience and the culture and everything we leave that meeting and we just go out to our teams and we get them to dive in and do the work rather than, like I said, no meeting after the meeting, no bad mouthing to this, the decision. So I think that's a really important piece is, is how important leadership commitment and alignment and especially alignment is to, uh, to this. Yes. And, and I think that this is really key because it's also what I am often facing that leadership give is or give the buy-in, but then when they need to really to take decisions, they say, "Oh no, let's let's quick look at the business case. Let's introduce this fee because we need to, we need to ensure our financial stability. And the next time we will do something for the customer. They will will not find that they they won't find out that. And I think what what you are saying it's it's really key and and for me extremely important. Also, in another principle that you are mentioning is we need always to take the decision in favor of the customers and not every ten or every fifth because then at some point in time somebody remember us or somebody went again to, to an outstanding Annette France course and they, they checked oh they are speaking about customer experience the next meeting I will speak about customer and in two meetings uh, after two meetings they, they, they will forget about that and that's, exactly. that's totally makes sense yeah. um, I think and this is something that you are also mentioning in the book you forgot allow myself to say that you forgot one principle that you added after after the submission what's happened yes i know i know that was one where you know i've talked about this concept so many times in relation to customer experience being customer centric and everything and i like like i said in the book i wrote in the book and i said i woke up in a sweat <laughs> one morning and said how can i forget this principle how can i do that and that principle is governance bridges organizational gaps organization gaps right such an important part of of all of this right um Governance has two parts to it, the structure, which is all the cross-functional committees, and then what I call the operating model. And the operating model is, you know, the, the data, the tools, the processes, the people who are going to do the work and who who are going to get things done, right? And how, and how they're... My, sorry, sorry that I interrupt you, but allow myself, because in the book, there is an outstanding picture, exactly what you are saying about this topic. And yes. there, I really suggest to the audience to look at this picture because it explains in a super simple way what needs to be done. And it's something that you can leverage to explain to others. I am super sorry that I interrupted you. No, I'm sorry no for that, but it was it was really for me mind-blowing. I, I did really a picture of that and I said that to my to my boss and I told him we need to talk about that. <laughs> This is, we need to do this. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. It is a simple way to, to look at that. And, and quite honestly, um, 
governance is, you know, it's it's really also about how we get the entire organization working together for this common goal and this common outcome. And a customer-centric culture is one that is collaborative by nature and by definition. And so this governance really is an important part to getting the customer-centric culture that we want. So yeah, so like I said, I, I woke up in a sweat one morning and said, how could I have missed this one? Or how did I not put this in the book? <laughs> but it's in there now, so. <laughs> and we enjoyed reading, reading that. Thank awesome. you very much. Um, uh, another interesting topic, it's perhaps, which principle was for you the, the most difficult to write about? Probably that one. I would say the one about governance and the and the reason behind that, and because as you know, when you read that chapter, at the end of the chapter, I apologized. <laughs> I apologize for making it a little bit more technically heavy than the other chapters are. Um, so just for that reason, because I tried to, I tried to, you probably, because we've talked before, you probably know as you're reading the book, it's really in my voice. It's how I say things. It's how I talk about things. Right. And that's how I wanted this book to come across as well as, you know, it came across that way in the first book. And I wanted this book to come across that way as well. And, and this one was a little bit harder for me to get it into my voice because it's a little bit more technical and detailed when it comes to governance, but, but it's there, but, um, you know, it, that was, that was probably the hardest one. Yeah, I can, I can understand that because it's also technically, technically complex. Yeah. Which, uh, which principle did you, did you wrote as the first one? Um, you know what? I pretty much wrote the book in the order that it is in. I may have jumped around here and there, but definitely wrote the first one, Cultures of Foundation, first, um, because I do believe that is the foundation. And then probably, I think maybe I skipped around once, once I got past six or seven and just started, you know, doing other pieces and just trying to add on and go back and build on some things that I already said. But for the most part, I wrote it in the order that the principles are in. So, because I also view them, especially the first three, culture, leadership, and employee experience, probably the three most important ones in there. So um, don't, don't quote me on that. Don't, shh, don't let anybody hear that I said that. But <laughs> no, because I, I hope that people continue reading the book, not only goes to the chapter three and then they right? talk about it. <laughs> uh, uh, as you're mentioning, these two chapters are extremely important. Perhaps to give some, uh, some highlight to, to the audience, uh, the cultural topic, it's extremely important. Yeah. What is for you the most important message out of, out of the first chapter? Um, I think it really has to do with the importance of knowing that culture is core values and um, behaviors and that we have to define the core values. We should have at least one customer driven one in there. And, and if we don't have a customer driven per se, like, you know, people first or something like that, that very specifically mentions the customer or people um, that we then define the associated behaviors, acceptable and unacceptable behaviors for each value and tie those to outcomes, outcomes for employees, outcomes for customers and outcomes for the business. And I think I think that's the biggest message that I wanted to get out there. Core values is is or I'm sorry, culture is core values plus behaviors. You've got to define the behaviors associated with each core value. And then you have to socialize and operationalize it. And I think that's where a lot of times culture falls down is we've got these core values. We don't define the behaviors. 
um, and we don't socialize and we don't operationalize. And so I, I think that's probably the key message coming out of that chapter. Thank you very much. And based on the fact that we have the pleasure to, to chat with you, what's the key message out of the second one, leadership? Yeah, the, as, as I mentioned before, just, you know, the commitment and the alignment. Alignment is key. And I don't think a lot of people think about alignment. They, there's a lot of talk about leadership buy-in. But like I said, we want commitment, not just buy-in. But we need that alignment. We need everybody on the same page. We need every department head. We need every business unit head, every leader in the organization on the same page. Otherwise, we're just, we're just going to get stuck. It, it totally makes sense. We spoke a lot about organization, culture, leadership, and I think you mentioned the third the third chapter. It's it's about the employees. What what's the key message out of the the third chapter? Well, the key message is is that it is really around if we want to put customers first, we have to put employees more first. They're both important. They're linked. Employee experience drives customer experience. We we don't necessarily want to say one is the priority over the other, right? But if we're going to put customers first, we have to put employees more first, because if we don't have customers to design, build, sell, service, whatever your products and services, who's going to do it? <laughs> Where is it going to come from? Right. And so so we do need to make sure that employees have a great experience, which uh, will ultimately lead to a great uh, customer experience as well. Thank you very much, Annette, for all these great insights about your book. And now, dear audience, it's your turn. Please pause this podcast, go to Amazon and buy this outstanding book. It's, it's really a great book, a lot of insights, and, and it's worth it to buy it. But as a matter of fact that you are still here, I have one or two questions additional for you. And okay. it's the question that I really like to, to discuss because you've wrote two books that are really great. And now let's... Pause for one second and close our eyes. We are in 10 years time from now and we're speaking about customer experience. What are we speaking about? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't have an answer because like I said, you know, after 30 years, I thought that things were going to be different every 10 years over across those 30 years, right? So I'll give you an example. When I was at J.D. Power & Associates in the, in the early 90s, I would go and talk to clients about, well, it's great that we're, we're listening to the voice of the customer, but we should listen to employees as well. And, pe and you know, people would say, ah, we're listening to customers now, we'll listen to employees later. And that's a message that I kept getting out there over and over and over again over the years. And I think finally now companies are, it, it, we had to go through a, a pandemic for companies to realize that, hey, <laughs> we need to pay attention to our employees, right? And so, so why did that take 30 years? I don't know. And, and probably even longer. I'm sure there were, there were people beating that drum long before I was. So, um, so I don't have a good answer for you, but I will say that I hope it's better than today. And it's better because companies are including customers in the design process um, they're co-creating with customers that really listening to customers and, and designing the experience that meets their needs and helps them actually solve problems. So finding as, as Seth Godin says, finding products for your customers, not customers for your products. And I would also, from a professional standpoint for customer experience professionals to no longer have to prove the ROI of designing and delivering a great experience because everybody gets it right. Everybody gets that. The business is all about the customer. And if we don't have customers, we have no business, right? And so th those are those are not necessarily 
you know, I, those aren't trends, but those are my hope for the future of uh, customer experience. But I think this was an outstanding answer, not only a good one, but it was really great because <laughs> it's what we are trying to do. And it's really the, the, the vision that, that we have. Now we are coming to an end of this uh, small game that we had together. But uh, I would like to ask three questions to you. The, okay. the first one, let's say the easiest one, uh, your contact details. If somebody would like to contact you, what's the best way? Yeah, um, you can reach me through through either one of my websites, either annettefranz.com or cx-journey.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I've met so many amazing people um, through that network and uh, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So. Thank you very much. I will put all this information in, in the show notes. Thank you. Um, the second last question, it's... Um, a book suggestion is a book that helped you throughout your career also or during your life. Oh, gosh. I don't know if there's one that's... I've read so many books. I, I will recommend one that, I, that I, I think every customer experience, every employee experience, every leader out there should read this book. I think it's, a, I think it's such a great book. It was, written, it was actually written in the early 90s. And, and when they talk about the technology that was there in the 90s, you know, the uh, mainframe and the fax machines and, and, and all of those things and how they talk about that technology and adopting that technology, it's, it's sort of the same conversation that we ha we're having 30 years later about different technology. So it's actually a really interesting book. So the book is The Customer Comes Second by Hal Rosenbluth. And like I said, it was written, I believe it was written in 1992. And he just gives such great examples of how, so Hal Rosenbluth is the founder of, uh, or CEO of, um, or was uh, Rosenbluth International Travel, travel Agency. And um, uh, he just gives so many great examples and so many inspirational ideas and suggestions of how to treat your people well, both your employees, especially your employees, but he gives some, some examples for customers as well. So it, it really is a great read. Thank you very much for your suggestion. And now we're coming to the last question. It's a net golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would leave to the audience. I, I'll leave you with this. This is my golden nugget. It is my probably my favorite quote or favorite saying or favorite whatever, whatever you want it, mantra. And that is actions speak louder than words. And I think that's such an important thing for everybody to remember in business and in life, but actions speak louder than words. Annette, thank you very much for your time. It was really a great pleasure to have you back on the Seed School Keeper podcast. Thank you for having me. And I hope that also the, the audience enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. And we really enjoy getting, getting your feedback. Please let us know, myself or Annette, directly to our website or to LinkedIn. Uh, in this case, I would like to, to, to conclude this podcast with one sentence out of the book of Annette. It's, again, a part of the letter to the CEO. And this is something that stick out for me and I try always to remember. If you don't infuse the customer into your business and into everything you do, then I don't know why you are in business. It's not to maximize shareholder value. That's an outcome. Be the means to get there is to re relentlessly focus on the customer day in and day out. Annette, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. 
Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.